Hi everyone and welcome to Avid Travel with Britton Frost. I of course am your host Britton Frost and today we are going to be talking about the Galapagos, a region which to be honest I didn't know that much about until I started researching for a couple stories that I was writing and for this podcast of course Um, and I think that a lot of people still don't know about it. So we're going to talk about that a little bit, talk about which ships sail to the Galapagos and then we're going to outline the itineraries offered by Silver Sea and by Lindblad Expeditions. And then next week, we're going to look at the itineraries offered by Celebrity and by Tauk. So we're going to break this up into two podcasts. um, But today we'll kind of go on with our outline of the Galapagos, kind of, um, you know, where it is, what you're going to do on these trips, and then those itineraries. Um, And so, but before we do get into that, I do want to get into a little bit of our cruise news. So um, first we have Silver Sea, who has outlined the grand voyages for 2020 and 21. And these are just longer journeys. So like 50 days usually, um, but there are three new ones for 2020. So I always link our blog in the description, which is Avid Cruiser. And I, I link the blog in the description. So if you want to read any of these news stories, uh, you can do it right over there. We also have Princess Cruises who has outlined their 2020 and 2021 South American and Antarctica itineraries, and then Regent Seven Seas, who has offered, uh, excuse me, who has outlined their 2020 world cruise or highlighted their 2020 world cruise. So all of that going on over at the blog there. Um, So feel free to read more about that if any of those things interest you. But let's go ahead and get into our Galapagos podcast. So for those of you who don't know, I mean, we're going to start very, very basically. Um, The Galapagos is a series or a set of islands uh, off the coast of Ecuador. And they're about 500 miles off the coast. Um, But, you know, the Galapagos has been not a, a vacation destination, but it was used as a base for whaling operations in the 1700s. Um, and, and by that time, it started showing up on maps. And then in 1960, tourism in the area kind of started to pick up and develop. Um, but cruising is still new to the area. Um, I mean, relatively new. So th- what Galapag- what the Galapagos are most known for is their extreme diversity in each island and then also the wildlife um i mean you see just creatures and and apparently you know from those from people who have sailed there they've said that these animals are not scared of you so you get to see these tortoises and different types of birds and i mean you'll you'll be accompanied by some sort of guide throughout. So they'll be able to point these things out to you. Um, but, you know, you'll even see penguins, maybe seals, um, iguanas, hawks, flamingos, sea turtles, pelicans. And, and there are just so many different types of wildlife animals. And then also, you know, trees and greenery and shrubs. And uh, there's just such diverse wildlife that I couldn't even begin to 
kind of, you know, list off, which I guess I did begin to list off. But I mean, that is really just a scratch on the surface of what you might see if you go. Um, so to get to the Galapagos, you're gonna, it depends on where, um, which cruise line you go with. And you'll see that when I break down kind of the Silver Sea and the Lindblad itineraries. Um, but generally, you're flying to Baltra, which is where your cruise is going to leave from. And that is the in the Galapagos. Um, so so generally, that's where the cruises leave from. So you'll see that Silver Seas start, some of them start in Baltra and some of them end in Baltra. So you'll do one or the other, but, but we'll talk about that when we get there. Um, but, but generally, you're flying into Baltra and, um, and boarding your ship there. Uh, and then you'll head on either in one direction or another, which we'll get into more. Um, but, I, you know, if you're flying from the U.S., usually you're going to go to Ecuador or Peru, and then you're going to have to take a flight from there. Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, of course, the cruise line will be able to help you with your flights or you can book your own flights. But it does take a few connections solely because, you know, even if you can get a direct flight to wherever you're uh, starting off in Ecuador or if you're doing a land ex extension um, or in Peru, uh, you'll still have to take that flight. So th there will be multiple flights. Um so it is a bit of a hassle to get out there because you can't just cruise directly from Ecuador, which I think a lot of people think you can do, but it's, it's far. So you have to fly. Um, so yeah, let's just go ahead and, and get into the silver sea and, uh, and Lindblad itineraries. Now, as I said, celebrity and Tauk also do itineraries in the Galapagos, but today we're going to focus specifically on, um, on Lindblad and Silversea. So we'll first start with Silversea, um, solely because that was the first, uh, line that I covered in this series. So Silversea has a new ship coming to the Galapagos in 2020, and that will be Silver Origin. Um, and let's go ahead and talk about Silver Origin, a little bit. Um, now, as I said, the ship isn't coming out until 2020. It will join Silver Seas Fleet and it will not replace Silver Galapagos, which is the other ship in the region. It will join in with um, Silver Galapagos. So this is Silver Sea's first ever destination specific ship. So it will just sail the Galapagos. Um, and it is a hundred passenger ship. So it's an all suite ship. Um, it only has a capacity for a hundred and, you know, when you do an expedition with Silver Sea, you have these daily briefings and lectures and you have these silver expedition hosts. And I can imagine that that this would be the same where you have these lecturers who you're dining with and who are taking you out. And so you really get this immersive um, learning experience. And, you know, I, I'll link my podcast with Ralph below from his Antarctica sailing, because I think that that really gives some insight into how Silver Sea does expedition cruising. And, and I don't think that the Galapagos will be any different um, as far as this new ship goes. Now, of course, they have already had Silver Galapagos sailing there. And I will read a little bit from Aaron Saunders, who um, has worked with us in the past about his trip to the Galapagos so that we can have a little bit of a first person account because I have never 
been there and uh it sounds amazing though and it's it seems so beautiful and I, ralph is actually going to have the chance to sail with silver sea so we will uh sit down with him and talk about that when he gets back um, but that doesn't happen until september so for now we're just going to go off of kind of what we know um based off of the information provided by the cruise lines Okay, so back to silver origin a little bit, sorry. Um, so, I mean, the ship is is beautiful. I will link the press release to the ship down below so that you can see kind of the interior of it. Um, but basically they're, t they're putting in a few technological enhancements to make the ship more environmentally friendly. And I think that there is a lot of concern when it comes to environmental impacts cruising in this region and cruising in general. Um, but the ship's dynamic positioning system will allow the ship to automatically maintain position to protect the seafloor so that they don't have to put down, um, an anchor so it will it will just stay in place um, and then also one thing that I think is really cool is that there's going to be water purification systems and I've talked about this before on the podcast um, that there will be water purification systems in every suite so that um, people hopefully won't use as many plastic water bottles um, and then of course every cruise has to have a wastewater treatment system and and all of that good stuff to keep things as protected as they can. But next week when we talk about celebrity, we'll also talk about celebrity flora and some of the um, environmentally friendly uh, components of that ship and how celebrity is really trying to, um, to reduce their environmental impact as well. And then of course we'll see that with Lindblad too in a minute and we'll talk about that. Um, but that's one thing that's really important about this region is that I feel like there's a lot of emphasis on kind of protecting the region because there is so much wildlife and it's so remote um, that that people are more aware of it, which is good. Um, so, so Silver Origin is one of the ships and then also Silver Galapagos, which the line acquired in 2013. So it is still a relatively new ship for Silver Sea, but um, the, the ship actually launched in the 90s. So uh, it's a bit older. It's a bit of an older ship, but it was redone when it went into service for Silver Sea. So um, Silver Galapagos, yes, is the other is the other ship that sails there. Now let's look at the itineraries offered by Silver Sea. So we're going to start with the pre and post cruise extensions. There are three of them. Um, and so one option is a pre-cruise tour called Machu Picchu in the Sacred Valley. Um, these programs are always subject to change, but this tour will start in Lima if all goes as planned. Um, so travelers will fly into Lima where they will be transferred to a hotel. And then uh, the second day will take travelers from Lima to Cusco, which is a 90 minute flight. And that will take you to Cusco, the Peruvian capital. Um, in Cusco, travelers will visit museums and historical sites. Um, and then after another a day in Cusco, travelers will be taken to the Sacred Valley. Um, and then on day three, guests will continue on their journey to a fortress and then onward to Machu Picchu by train. Um, and then in the afternoon and evening, guests will have time to explore um, town. And then on the second to last day, guests will spend additional time in Machu Picchu before returning to Cusco and then fly from Cusco to Quito, 
um, which they will overnight in Quito before heading to the ship, which may leave from Baltra. We'll get into that when we get to the itineraries. As I said, some of them leave from Baltra and some of them start there. Um, the second option is another pre-cruise tour, um, and it's called Devil's Nose and Andean Adventure Tour. So on this extension, guests will fly into Quito this time, um, and then they will visit... Okay, I'm going to just go ahead and get this one out here. Some of these names I am going to completely butcher. So they will visit Cotopaxi National Park and then head on to Lasso, Ecuador. Um, in the park, guests will have a chance to visit a Laguna or pre-Inca ruins, um, or they may have opportunities to see wildlife such as horses or um, condors. And then on day three, guests will go through the Andes to uh, two villages and then they will overnight in Riobamba, Ecuador. Um, and then on the fourth day, guests will go from Riobamba uh, by train where they will go on the Devil's Nose section of the line. And then they'll go to another town before um, ending up in Guayaquil where they will spend the night and then they'll get on to uh, Silver Galapagos. So, and then of course, once Silver Origin comes to play, um, the extensions might change or they might stay the same, but if you're doing them now, you'll go on Silver Galapagos. And then the last one is a post-cruise extension um, that will, it's called the Machu Picchu Grand Explorer. So guests will start at their disembarkation um, location. As I said, it could either be Baltra or San Cristobal. Um, and then they will fly from there to Lima where they will overnight. And then on day two, guests will fly from Lima to Cusco, where they will have a free day. And then on day three, they'll visit Machu Picchu to explore the Incan sites and ruins. And then the next day, guests will go from Machu Picchu to Cusco by train and spend free time in the city. Um, and then on the final day, guests will go back to Lima and fly home. So that one is a bit shorter than the others, but it's also at the end of the trip. So, I mean... I guess that makes sense, but um, I think that if I were going to do it, I would personally probably add one of the pre-cruise extensions, um, specifically the Machu Picchu and Sacred Valley, um, because as you'll see when we talk about Lindblad, they actually have an itinerary that incorporates that land tour into it as well. So Silver Sea keeps it kind of short and sweet with the itineraries. They only have uh, two itineraries, so they could vary because they'll either start or end in Baltra or San Cristobal. So you might start in Baltra, you might start in San Cristobal. Um, it just depends on the sailing that you select. But every, each itinerary is seven days. And then they feature uh, each there. So there are two main itineraries and they, they all that varies is the ports that they stop in. Um, and so you're either starting or ending in Baltra, San Cristobal. And then because I cannot pronounce a lot of these cities, I'm going to go ahead and just link this story in the description. But what's really important to know is that there's kind of an outer loop of the Galapagos and an inner loop. So you can choose to do either one of those. And if you look at a map, you'll be able to see. Um, but because, I mean, I think that a lot of people don't know about these regions. And then also when I was reading with Lindblad, and I, I'm assuming that Silver Sea must be the same way, though they don't notate this is that all stops have to be approved by the park service um, or, you know, in compliance with the park service. So even though an itinerary is outlined in a certain way, um, they might have to, they might not be able to stop in certain areas. So um, I'm, I'm going to link that in the description, but really that's kind of what's important to know is that 
there's there's this outer loop and this inner loop and kind of deciding which one you want to do so as far as silver sea goes that's kind of it um so now we'll get into Lindblad expeditions um galapagos itineraries and this is actually the story that's accompanying uh this podcast and our newsletter for avid cruiser this week um, so Lindblad has two ships that operate year-round in the Galapagos on four different itineraries, and then they also have two additional itineraries that are offered throughout certain months in the year. So they go year-round on four, and then a certain itineraries on two. So what I do want to mention is that uh, Lindblad has been exploring the Galapagos for over 50 years, with its first tour to the Galapagos in 1967. So quite a bit of experience there. Um, But I do also want to mention there was a lot of emphasis put on family travel. Um, And so I think that's worth mentioning because um, according to Lindblad's website, in June through August, and then also again in March and December, so essentially just when school is out, over 20% of guests aboard the ship are under the age of 18. And um, I I guess it depends on which ship you're looking at. They did not... um, they didn't mention which ship it was, but one of their ships is 96 passengers, and then the other one is 48 passengers. So really, you're looking at around 20 children on the larger ship um, in those months, which is great. Um, and there are a lot of activities for kids as well. Um, so activities might include, you know, snorkeling, paddleboarding, kayaking, just connecting with nature. Um, they did emphasize kind of being unplugged. And then also guides may point out certain things for children to look for, and then they can log those and they'll have a field notebook. And when I say children, I'm really talking about all travelers under the age of 18. There was no real distinction there. Um, so, I mean, basically what it seemed like is that they're, they're, these itineraries are family friendly and that there are kids on board, especially with numbers like 20%. Um, and then for regular guests, daily activities kind of include the same thing, kayaking, scuba diving, snorkeling, paddleboarding, paddleboarding and then also scenic cruising in zodiacs or glass bottom boats, hiking and spending time, you know, spending time on board if if they so desire. Um, and then I also want to mention one more thing before we get into the itineraries is that Lindblad's Galapagos expedition team is comprised of, of very diverse um, kind of scientists. So you could have like marine biologists or evolutionary biologists or maybe someone who specializes in birds um, and more. So I like that Lindblad's website states you are never directed into groups or assigned. You're free to gravitate to the naturalists whose interests mirror your own. So that way, if you're interested in birding or if you're interested in fish or if you're interested in plants, you can kind of find a nature guide who who's interested in the same things as you and tag along with them so that you can continue to learn about what you want to learn about. And then also maybe if you spent one day looking at plants, you could find another guide for the next day um, who would look at birds. And so you could kind of get all of these different little bits of knowledge. Um, So I thought that that was interesting as well. Um, So the two itineraries that operate year-round operate on both ships, the National Geographic Endeavor 2 and the National Geographic Islander. So the first itinerary that we will look at is the Galapagos, and it's just called the Galapagos. Um, And that is, of course, on both of these ships. Now, before we do get into this, I do just want to reiterate what I said earlier about Silver Sea is that all stops on the voyage must be in compliance with park services. 
so it should be noted that, you know, if I mention something, it might not happen um, because it really just depends on the park service. Um, and then also I want to note that all of Lindblad's itineraries start in Baltra. Um, so guests will be responsible for uh, for getting to Guayaquil on their own, and then after overnighting, which is included in your cruise fare, guests will fly to Boltra um, with their with their fellow passengers um, from the hotel. So they need to you need to get to Guayaquil on your own. Um, so the first itinerary, yes, the one that's just called Galapagos, is a ten day itinerary, and it, as I said, it starts in Guayaquil. So guests will stay one night in a hotel, and then they'll fly to the Galapagos to board either the National Geographic Endeavor Two or the National Geographic Islander. So guests will sail, and then on the ninth day of the itinerary, guests will return to Guayaquil. They'll have free time to explore the city and then overnight in a hotel before going to the airport to return home. So it is important to note that this 10 day itinerary includes those two nights in Guayaquil. So it's not 10 days of sailing. Um, and then the next itinerary is the Galapagos and Peru itinerary. And this is the one that I mentioned earlier, where, you know, some cruise companies ha may have pre or post cruise extensions, but Lindblad adds these land tours to some of its itineraries, such as this one, which is a 16 day itinerary that also starts with an overnight in Guayaquil before boarding the ship. Um, and then guests will disembark the ship on day nine and fly to Lima, Peru. And then after flying per to Lima, guests will visit the Sacred Valley, um, which is the Incan ruins that we talked about earlier, Machu Picchu, and Cusco. So it's almost like that Silver Sea extension, um, but it's just included in the trip. So then on day 15, guests will return to Lima for a farewell lunch and overnight in Lima before returning home. Um, and then these last two itineraries are ship specific. So you have the Wild Galapagos and Peru itinerary aboard National Geographic Endeavor 2. And this one only sails in February, May, July, August, September, November, and December. It's a nine day itinerary that starts in Lima. So guests will overnight in Lima and then they will fly to Cusco. And then on the second day of the trip, guests will spend time in Cusco and in the Sacred Valley. And then on day three, guests will head to Machu Picchu, return to the Sacred Valley. And then on day four, guests will head to Guayaquil where they will overnight before finally boarding the ship. So it's almost like a pre-cruise extension, but again, it's just built into the tour. Um, and then guests have the option of returning home from Guayaquil on day nine or staying overnight and returning on day 10 for no additional cost. Um, and then the next one is the Wild Galapagos Escape, and that one is aboard National Geographic Islander. That one sails February, April, May, July, August, September, October, and November. And it is a seven-day itinerary that starts with an overnight in Guayaquil before embarking on National Geographic Islander. The next day, um, you'll cruise through the Galapagos, and then on day seven, you will return to Guayaquil, where, again, you can either fly home on day seven or stay overnight at no additional cost. Um, and then if you wish, you can also add a two-day extension in Quito. I'm pretty sure that you can do that on the other itinerary as well, but the website didn't say. It said something about adding a, a stay. Um, so, of course, if you're planning on booking this trip, that could be something to mention if it interests you. Um, 
And then, yeah, as I said, there are two ships. So the National Geographic Islander uh, has a passenger capacity of 48. And then the National Geographic Endeavor 2 has a 96 passenger capacity. Um, and so, yes, obviously National Geographic Islander is very small. I'm going to link this story in the description as well. And you will see how small that ship truly is. Um, but it's great. These are these are small ships. You're getting an intimate experience in the area and hopefully not disrupting too much with these smaller ships and you'll be able to get into all the ports, um, which is another reason for the size. So with all of that being said, it feels like information overload, which is why I wanted to cut this up into two podcasts. Um, but both of those stories will be linked below if you're interested. And then I think that we'll save Aaron's live voyage reports from the Galapagos for next time. Um, so when we talk about celebrity and talc, we'll get a little bit of that firsthand experience in there as well, just because this time we went a little bit over the history. So next time we'll go a little bit over the present and the, the, the real life experience there. Um, okay. Thank you so much for joining me today on Avid Travel with Britain Frost. I hope that you all have a great week as always, and I will see you next time. Bye. Bye.